Hey guys, welcome to the SOA Core Tennis in a Flex and ED Rotation, a three-part series presented by myself, Tariq Michael. And we are back. Tariq Michael here. Currently, I am in my second capstone rotation in the ED, the place in which I'm loving more every single day. So to get down to business, for today's podcast, I'll be discussing the implementations of evidence-based practice interventions and the need for innovations in the emerging department. I hope you enjoy. The ED is never the same. In fact, I bet there are hundreds of different conditions or diagnoses that present in an ED per week. It is really that inconsistent. Due to the variation in diagnosis, keeping track of current evidence-based practice interventions is essential. For example, one day when I was in the ED, a patient presented with ascites with a possible new diagnosis of cirrhosis. Prognosis for this patient was not looking good. So on this day, I witnessed the physicians review a 2020 journal article that highlighted the evidence of administering a high dose of albumin, albumin being a protein, to decrease the patient's mortality risk from cirrhosis. They did this to save her life. They chose to implement the evidence into practice as reflected by the orders. And from this, as clear as day, they showed me that the healthcare providers take evidence-based practice interventions seriously. That action also conveyed the importance of doing research for how else could one come across such an article. It was also pretty cool to know that we all have learned something new that day, the physicians and nurses and nurse aides alike. Moreover, just as there are new and developing evidence-based practice interventions, there are some interventions being used every single day on the floor. For instance, I have observed the interventions of taking the first blood pressure manually when a trauma arrives as it has been found to be more efficient, allowing for faster determination of patient status. I have observed the rush of a stroke patient to the CT under 10 minutes for imaging as it has been found to improve prognosis. I have also observed and used one of the simplest evidence-based practice interventions, which is flushing the IV lines periodically with saline. It not only clears the lines of medication, but it also prevents blockage and maintains patency of the line, which is highly important in the case of emergencies. There are many other evidence-based practice interventions being used in ED that I have either completed myself or witnessed. Either how, they have always be essential to providing excellent patient care. As far as what innovations are needed in the ED, my preceptor and I proposed the development of a flex cart attached to a computer. I know that sounds odd, but it's very much needed if you're working in the flex part of the ED. As when you're in this part of the ED, you move and work in the C-side, P-side, and waiting room, getting vital signs, placing IVs, doing assessments, and more. The supply carts in these areas, unfortunately, are very low stocked. So we always had to carry everything that we thought we needed in our pockets, in buckets, in our hands, whatever we could. And oftentimes, we underestimated. In order to improve patient care by decreasing errors and to decrease the workload for the nurse, having a cart full of supplies attached to a computer to access Epic would be highly beneficial. You would think in these areas that there be available computers. However, that is not the case. So this innovation would lessen the struggle to complete necessary tasks. In addition, after speaking with a phenomenal nurse, she proposed the development of a system or mechanism to improve staffing in the ED. To note, this is an innovation needed by every hospital in the United States and possibly some places around the world, as several places are understaffed and nurses are beginning to experience burnout, 
which is never a good thing. Even so, in the ED particularly, nurses are assigned to patient rooms, typically four patient rooms, and then some nurses are assigned to a trauma area, either one, two, and three. However, due to low staffing, traditions have changed. One nurse could be assigned to four patient rooms and the trauma bay. This is an issue for when a trauma arrives in the ED, that nurse has to drop everything to help for an unexpected time period. This means that the other four patients are not being seen for that whole time period. So therefore, the responsibility of their care falls on the other nurses, which increases their patient-to-nurse ratio. It can be to 6 to 1, 7 to 1, or even 8 to 1. Think of the amount of med errors and burnout that these nurses experience. The development of a system to improve staffing will negate these risks. I know there are several facets of this problem, and as of recently, it is becoming more political. Even so, I dream of a day when low staffing is a thing of the past. The use of evidence-based practice interventions in general, not just the ED, enhances nurses' knowledge, improves clinical patient outcomes, improves the quality of healthcare, and so much more. The development of these interventions start with the simplest ideas, such as flushing IV lines routinely, which progress to advanced ideas such as diminishing albumin to decrease someone's risk of mortality from cirrhosis. Evidence-based practice interventions have proven to be a worthy asset in the line of nursing, and they are here to stay. As far as innovations, nothing is perfect. I consider all of us to still be in the era of technology where everything can be made better, whether that is a fancy flex cart or a system to retain nurses. Hey guys, you have made it to the end of session three in a three-part series of the SON Core Tenants in the Flex and ED Rotation Podcast. Thank you for your time and for listening. Take care. <laughs>